Welcome to the Living Hope Parent Gathering Podcast. The Parent Gathering is a weekly meeting of parents who are being trained for family discipleship through instruction and small group discussion. Listen now as we discuss principles for discipling your children. This summer we're, we're looking at, um, this, this book kind of looks at 10 questions that we should be able to, to answer. Um, and this, this, the idea of the, of the first chapter is, um, is that following Jesus leads you to live your best life possible. There's this idea that following Christianity, that following Christ is very limiting. It's, it puts you in this box and, and it's all, look, if you follow Jesus, you know, you, you can't drink uh, mature drinks and use mature substances. You, you can't have sex with whoever you want. You can't just do whatever you want to do. You have limited choices. You can't be your true self. You have to live like back in the dark ages and all these things that you don't want to do. And so the reality is, is that God's word leads us to living the life that is best for us. And we're going to look at some, some research this morning that kind of affirms this idea that, look, the things that the Bible teaches us is really what's best for us. It's actually what is best for our, for our, for our, um, our spirits and our, and our bodies. And so Jesus said that following him would be, would be hard. John 9, 23 and 24, he says, To all come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. Forever will save his life, will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. But he also promises, and this is a verse um, that I use a lot with high school students. I go to this, this next verse a lot, John 10, 10. It says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. The things that the world is coming and offering you is seeking to steal from you, kill you, and destroy you. Second part of the verse is Jesus says, but I have come that you might have life and have it abundantly. That I have come that you can live the best life. You might hear young people saying, hey, I'm just kind of living my best life. I'm just kind of living the best life possible. That's kind of what, what I want to do. And the reality is that following Jesus protects us and provides for the best living that we can, that we can live. And so first thing that you need to know is that people who go to church are happier and healthier. Harvard professor Tyler Van Wheel is a world expert on health and happiness. I don't know what you need to do to become an expert on health and happiness, but that's sort of an interesting job, right? And he's, he's at Harvard, so that's not the place that you would expect to go and hear, hey, what God's Word says is, is right. Here's what he, what he says. He report, reports that people who go to church at least once a week are happier and healthier and live longer than people who do not go to church. And that beginning a habit of going to church has a similar health effect to stopping smoking. When a smoker stops smoking, his body begins to heal and grow and have greater health results kind of consistently. Um, he found that children who go to church consistently as a child have a greater sense of purpose and meaning in their life than those who were raised as as non-Christians. Um, church also helps our mental health. He found that Christians tend to be less depressed, less likely to um, attempt suicide, and that there, obviously there are, are, are some exceptions, but those who go to church are five times less likely to want to kill themselves than those who, who don't go to, go to church. 
coming to church gives us this sense of purpose and of meaning and of, of, a, of understanding of reality. It helps us to, to live a life that is, that is healthier. And we know, we understand the reality of the gospel is that we're made in His image. We're made for His glory. But sin has tarnished that glory and God has provided this way for us to, to be whole again. And so that is how we're able to be happier and healthier. And we know, therefore, in Romans 8, 28, that, that, that all things work for good for those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose, that God is at work in the lives of those who call after Him, who come after Him. And so even the expert in health and happiness has noted that those who go to church, they're happier, they're healthier. Because the things that, that are being taught in church, if you're teaching God's word, are the things that are best for us. Have you noticed some of the people who have lived all that the world is telling you to do, to do? Like, they seem worn out, like younger. Because they've lived all these things of the world and they've worn them down and they've exhausted them. The second reason that Christianity is, is the best life is the love of family and, and friends. It says, um, obviously, the, the, young, the Harvard study says here is that young people tend to think that happiness is, their happiness depends on fame, wealth, and success. But what it found is that good relationships with family and friends are what kept people has the happiest and healthiest. That it wasn't the, the material things that made people happy. It was the love and the connection of family and friends that made them happiest. Um, Christians understand that love is at the heart of everything. Um, 1 John 4, um, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. Whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is is love. The love of the world is very contractual. It's, I will love you if this and this and this and this. If you still love me, if you want what I want, if I still find you attractive, all that. It's based on emotions, on this, on how we feel. You know, if you, if you, if you pay attention to the way love is spoken of in the world, it's this idea of, I fell in love. Like you were walking along one day and you tripped and you fell into a hole unbeknownst to yourself and you found, oh, I'm in love. I have this emotional feeling. I fell into it like I was clumsy. But biblical love is, is different. John 15 says, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. And you think about what Jesus is saying there in John 15. He's saying the way that, you, that I have loved you. And he's about to show them even greater ways that he to love them. And he goes on and he, and he alludes to that. He says, greater love has no one than this, that, he, that someone lays down his life for his friends. So only in Christ is where we find the love that, that we need. And so we find that, that those who go to church are happier and healthier. Those who, um, who are connected to church are um, have, have better relationships. Also, we find that serving others is good for us. This sense of being other-centered is good for our health, is, is, is good for it. And, and the Bible teaches this. Philippians chapter 2 says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. 
Each one should not look on your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Service is more than just a command from God. It is good for our health. Scientists have found, those who study the human mind and behavior, that helping other people is good for us. And that the benefit in that situation in which someone is, is serving someone else, the person who receives the greatest benefit is not the one being served, but the one who is serving. If you've ever been in a situation where you're on a missions trip or in a place where, where you're having the opportunity to serve someone and, and people were very grateful and then you realize, man, God has done something greater in me than he may have done in, in others. The idea if, you've, if you're teaching, you end up learning more than the person who is, is learning. And so serving is, is good for us. It will cost us something. It's going to cost us our time. It's going to cost us our effort. It's going to cost us our energy. But it's good for us. Related to services, gratitude. Gratitude is good for us. I remember growing up after every Christmas, first Christmas or second Christmas, <laughs> um, and my mom would say, all right, so here's this pile of thank you notes. I need you to write a thank you note for every gift that you got. But mom... I write a thank you note to grandma every year. I know. And I don't like her gifts any year. I got the same thing that <coughs> my cousin got. I know. You need to write a thank you note. And it helped teach me begrudgingly to be grateful. <coughs> so grateful, this is good for us. Psychologists have discovered that people who choose to be grateful are happier than those who do not. Those who choose to express gratitude, who write it down, who write down what they're thankful for, who focus on the ways that God has blessed them, are happier. Gratitude is good for us. Paul expressed this. Paul had been through a lot of difficult things. If you study the life of <coughs> the Apostle Paul, right? He was shipwrecked. He was arrested. He spent a lot of time in prison. But he was incredibly grateful. So he writes to the Thessalonians. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. And give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. He doesn't say necessarily be thankful for everything, but he says, in all circumstances, be grateful. Gratitude is good for our hearts. And so figuring out ways to, to be grateful. I was, again, my, my mother did a good job with this, with, this, with this value, and I was always the one that had to, like, was forced to say thank you to. Like, even if I didn't want it, I got, did you say thank you? Thank you. You know, and it became a habit. And so being, being grateful, the uh, Colossians 3.16, let the, the word of Christ dwell in, dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another with all wisdom, singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts. For Christians, as Christians, we have so much to be grateful for. We know the God of the universe who made everything. He wants to hear us. He wants to talk to us. He wants to to care for us. We're made in His image. Forgiveness is offered to us. We're not alone. We're made to be with, with God Himself. And so gratitude is, 
is good for our hearts. Also, forgiveness is good for us. One of the unique aspects of Christianity is the concept of forgiveness. There's not a lot of concept of forgiveness in the world. There's this, this idea of, well, restoration, like merit, like, well, you did this and now you have to pay for it over here. But this concept of grace and forgiveness is, is, un, is unheard of. In, uh, in Matthew 18, the disciples were discussing how much forgiveness they should offer. If you remember this passage, and they were kind of arguing over, like, well, how much should we really forgive? And how often should I forgive that guy? And they were going back and forth. And, and so they come to Jesus and they said, well, like the, the teachers of the law said that we should forgive three times. I mean, that sounds reasonable, right? Like we should forgive our neighbor three times. But, but we think seven because, you know, you would push us to, to a bit more. That, that, that sounds like a lot, right? Like, how about seven times? And Jesus is like, no, 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 not, not seven, seven, no, no. How about like 77? Man, 77. I'm not going to be able to keep track of that. Yeah, you're right. You just have to keep forgiving. Keep forgiving. And if you have little kids in your home, I think Jesus is kind of getting at the idea of like, this is not a, like a one-time thing. This is like a daily 77. And so like, just keep forgiving, keep forgiving, you know, teaching each other to forgive. But it's, but it's good for us. It's good for our heart. Forgiveness releases the burden from our heart that we're holding against someone else. There's a whole thing we could talk about in terms of peacemaking and we're a peacemaking church um, but one of the things that we talk about in peacemaking that f what forgiveness does is it releases the debt that someone else has and we're usually kind of the one holding on to that often the other person doesn't even realize it oh you've been harboring that against me oh you didn't forgive me you were upset that I did that didn't even notice and so forgiveness releases our own heart. It releases us to, 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 to be healthy the way that God intends us to be. And he illustrates that so well. So Luke, Luke 23, 34, um, Jesus is on the cross and he says, and he came to the place where it's called the skull where they crucified him and the criminals, one to the right and one to the left. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they do. Father, forgive them. They don't, they don't understand what they're doing right now. Forgive them. He's in the midst of the suffering. It wasn't like it was afterwards. Okay, now I've risen from the dead. I'm with my disciples. He's in the midst of the, of the suffering, and he says, forgive them. They don't understand. Forgiveness is a process. It's a gift from God. It frees us from the burden of carrying out pain and guilt. It's it's rare. One of the things I've noticed is that in the world, legitimate apologies are rare. I've had the situation of where I've been coaching numerous teams, and believe it or not, as, as, the, the, as guys are coaching a team, there's not always universal agreement. Sometimes there's conflict. Sometimes there's disagreement. Sometimes there's kind of fights. And, and there have been more than once that I've gotten home and I went, yeah, I probably shouldn't have said that to that. And then I make a little list to that coach, that parent, that umpire, that player, like whoever it was, depending on the day. It's not the whole list every time, Some, sometimes. But to go back later, after the Lord has worked on me, and apologize and say, hey, I'm, I'm sorry I said that. That wasn't, that wasn't cool. I, I, I shouldn't have said that. Guys who, have, who care nothing for the Lord, it, they just like melt. It changes the whole conversation. They're like, oh, oh, yeah, no problem. Yeah, I forgive you. 
it's, it's, it's a rare thing. And so forgiveness is, is good for us. And then the last one um, is that one of those things that is, is taught by God, this idea of grit, being good, determination, perseverance, hard work are all taught in, in Scripture. Perseverance is listed as one of the fruits of the Spirit. And, and Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking to Jesus the founder and perfected our faith for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and was seated down at the right hand of God. Being determined to stick with something, especially walking with Jesus long term, is incredibly good for us. And so as you are living your life, as you are leading your children, at times we're tempted to believe, you know what, this is, this is not really the best life. That this, is, this is hard. It would be easier just to kind of give in to what the world is telling us, that I am the son of the world and I can create my own reality and I can do whatever I want to do. That would really be what would be best for me. God's word and, and research shows us, and God's word being obviously the most important, but it's, it's nice once in a while when, when research will confirm what we know in God's Word, that to live the best life, to live the John 10, 10 life, to have life abundantly is to walk with and follow the ways of Jesus found in God's Word. And on this Father's Day is a, is a good day to, to remind us that, that it's a, it's a long-term journey that our kids will see over a long period of time us walking with Jesus moment by moment can be, can be difficult, moment by moment we may feel like we, we fail, but keep going, keep pursuing, keep getting after the things of the Lord. And sometimes perseverance is the thing we need to talk about. Sometimes it's forgiveness. And sometimes it's we as a parent need to start with, hey, I screwed up, I'm sorry, would you forgive me? And modeling those things gets after the, the best things that, that God has for us. And so, um, I'm excited to see so many of us together engaged in, in trying to disciple our kids because this is a journey together. You know, this is, a, this is a battle together. And so let me pray for us, then you're going to have some time to discuss in your, in your groups. Um, and I hope that they're really encouraging to you um, because there are others who are at a similar spot in life. And some weeks you feel like, man, I am a great parent. And the next week you're like, worst parent ever. <laughs> And, and sometimes it's moment by moment. In the same day, you might have those same, those same feelings. But, but stick with it together. Keep after it. Keep encouraging each other. Um, because that's what it's going to take um, to get there. So, Lord God, thank you for um, this day. Uh, God, thank you for being our Heavenly Father. Um, Lord, some of us have had really good fathers to, um, to follow after and to, to teach us things and to model things. Lord, some of us have have not. Um, either our father's been absent or um, hasn't been a great influence. And so, Father, it's, it's comforting to know that we have you as our Heavenly Father to, to lead us and guide us. Um, Father, help us to be parents that, first of all, pursue you with all that we have. Um, and then, Lord, leading our children to do the same. God, help us to, uh, to do that well. Um, Lord, we lean into you and we, we pray um, 
that you strengthen us to do that. God, as we discuss in our groups, God, I pray that you encourage us. God, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Parent Gathering Podcast. We invite you to join us at 9.30 on Sunday mornings in room 215, where we will have opportunities for discussion among other parents. For more information about Living Hope Next Gen Ministries, go to livehopeful.com.